The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Providence Crier Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me as always. We have BFC. Follow him on Twitter at BFC all day. Today is Thursday, October 5th. And BFC, we are officially one month and one day from the Providence College basketball season starting. Um, I know you're excited. Um, Providence actually had late night madness over the weekend. Um, I did not attend. I, I don't think you did either. I was not uh, there. No. All, all the way in Jersey, but a um, little earlier than 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 typical. I feel like, um, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I saw the sights and sounds, and I know you did too. And um, it seemed like a pretty good time. It seemed like One Republic was a hit. You know, see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Color me shocked with that one. I, I didn't think one republic would be a hit, but you know, um, uh, I learned something new every day. I think late night madness is always the, or they used to call it midnight madness, but late night madness is always the uh, informal or maybe the formal kickoff of basketball season. Um, and besides the uh, introduction of all the players and getting to the fans, getting to see them on uh, at the amp for the first time, some of these new players, I think the big thing with the takeaway for late night madness is the number of recruits that we had on hand. We had our two 2024 commits and Daquan Davis and Ryan Mela that were on site, which is good. Um, we also had a couple, uh, one or two 2024 kids, a lot of 2025 kids. It seems like, it seems like English is really swinging a heavy bat with the 2025 class. And he's trying to hit a few home runs. He had um, the big man from Putnam. He had big men from Putnam uh, Science Academy from 2024 and 2025. The 2024 guy really lightly recruited this guy, Amdi, and I'm going to butcher his last name, Nadia. He he received an offer from Pitt recently, so maybe his stock is exploding. Um, but the big one in the 2025 class from Putnam is this guy, Oswin, and his last name starts with an E. He's a five-star top 25 Big man. And I think the theme here is one English is trying to land a massive class for 2025 in terms of star quality with Oswin, uh, Jalen Harrell, Nigel James, which we'll talk about, uh, Josan Sanan, who's a local, which we'll talk about. He's a five star top 15 guy. Um, there's rumors he might reclassify, but also the, the theme there with Putnam Science Academy and the two bigs is we've talked about it with. Uh, Luke Bamboy, Mitchell Holmes, this guy Amdi, and then Oswin. We need front court help in the worst way. 
we're going to talk a little bit about um, the player profiles that we wrote about for each of the players on the roster. The, the prevailing theme for me is I think the season could go really well if everybody stays healthy. If anybody in the front court gets banged up, our season could fall off a cliff very quickly. So in short, a lot of talent at Late Night Madness, which is what you want to see. A lot of local talent, which you know I appreciate, Mike. Um, and it's good to get our 2024 commits back on campus and on, um, you know, at the AMP. So it seems like it was a resounding success, and that's all you can ask for with Kim English's first Late Night Madness. Yeah, let me ask you this, BFC. Um, one of the photos that was kind of circulating around um, Twitter was mm-hmm. – um, w- w- was the photo of Davis and Nigel James um, together kind of in the backcourt there. Yeah. Nigel James 2025 um, uh, I- I- I'm literally just asking if you don't know that's fine. Yeah. Uh, is there any like reclass rumors with him or? I don't I don't think so. I think what they're I think what English is trying to do and I could be wrong. Um, the only reclass rumors I've heard is this guy uh, Joson Sedan because it seems like every time you have a blue chip like almost a lottery type pick every they magically reclass because they're trying to get the bag as quick as possible to get to the NBA um, Nigel James is a blue chip recruit in his own right he's a four star top 100 depending on what recruiting site you're looking on uh, very similarly ranked to Daquan Davis they they posted a really neat photo take a look at it on Twitter uh, or uh, Instagram um, of them when they were much younger uh, posing in like an identical photo to what they're doing now when they're at late night madness. So they have some familiarity. Um, and what I think English is probably doing is just lining up. Hey, you guys have known each other for a while. Nigel, you can be the successor to Daquan Davis, or maybe you guys can play alongside each other because you're only a year apart. So that's one to really monitor. He also plays at Long Island Luther in which I believe and keep me honest here is where Jaden Pierre played as well. No, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, Andrew James was actually at Cushing. Prior to that, mm-hmm. when Dave Duke went, so, um, so yeah, so certainly some recruiting connections there. Yeah, uh, in terms of PC in the past, obviously a little different now um, w- w- with the Kim English era. Um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to see where this uh, where this rec- recruiting class goes uh, in terms of twenty twenty four. You know, you already have Daquan Davis and Ryan. Mila and Toe, um, a few other guys that you were kind of after starting to release lists and, yeah. or there's articles coming out with, um, you know, an update on their recruiting and PC's not listed. C- kind of what are your thoughts with that? Cause you know, the Carter Knox thing kind of popped up and it sounded like there was some serious smoke to that. Um, yeah. And then Trilly had a recent article about him, and no PC mentioned. So, yeah, I think that was somebody just trying to manifest that recruitment into you know from thin air into making it happen. I think they're you have to remember we're still Providence, and we're not going to be in a lot of blue blue chip recruitments. When I say blue chip, I mean like the guys that are one and dumps, the five star top twenty five players. That's you mean Garway Dewalt? Well, gar, well, gar, I mean. Even so, like we were talking about Garway Dual, he he wasn't a top twenty five player. He was a top fifty player, right? Uh, so there's it's kind of like right? exploding. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, and we'll talk about him in a bit, but 
like um Knox and uh at least Knox I know is ranked probably 30 spots higher than Duwa was. So there are, yeah. Yeah, there's levels to the recruiting, right? Um but to go back to what Cooley did, like a lot of times you swing the bat and if you don't get that kid, then you get back to him in the transfer portal. So I don't think this is a um a failed effort by English. It's just keeping you know you have to recruit kids and i like that english is setting the bar high and if he doesn't win the recruitment who knows what happens in college and i think it's good to keep their relationships open and you know keep doors open so 2024 to me is interesting because i don't i'm confused by the fact that big men aren't knocking down the door to to be in that class um yeah we've been we've been saying that even when um when Cooley was the head coach, we we already had 2024 circled as, hey, we need a big man in the worst way. Even 2023 class, we, we were saying that before we got Odoro. Um, it's surprising that we don't have a big man in the fold for 2024 yet. And I think maybe taking this, the the flyer, uh, I say flyer because he's really under-recruited. Pitt's like one of the main high major offers. This guy, Amdi Nadai from Putnam Science, he's 6'9" center it looks like he's more of a the traditional rim running centers that are at the modern nba is about maybe getting him helps put us in the door for the 2025 big man oswin who is a five star 22 overall according to the composite so um it'll just be interesting to monitor yeah i mean i it sounds like they're maybe still in the mix for uh patrick ngongpa um yeah, you're you're giving me a face, BSC. Uh but but yeah, I actually have a theory about Carter Knox. I'd like to share. No, uh, it, it's just a theory. There, there's no, um, you know, there, there's no scoops here. But my thinking is, if you if you read that article about Carter Knox, he wants, you know, he's like, my focus is to get on, get to the NBA. Whoever can take me there the fastest. Uh, theory. He plans on committing in the spring. He's going to wait. Uh, I don't know. What if uh, Garway Duval becomes a one and done? Maybe that gets PC back in the race, BOC. Yeah, maybe. Well, well uh, I'm, I'm not holding my breath. We'll have to. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. But but there's actually a really good article out there by by Brendan McGare of the Pawtucket uh, Times, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, about those guys um, in the the relationship that Kim English is establishing, um, opening up the gym uh, to recruits to come visit whenever uh, to, to swing by, check out practice, check out workouts. Um, so I think that's a good thing. I mean, having kind of an open door policy, um, you know, I, I don't think it can hurt. So yeah, he's almost making Providence somewhat of like an NBA program. And I'm not saying by like talent wise, it's just the way they're operating, like the NBA training camp thing that they came out with um, for the players, uh, like the pro day. Pro day. Pro day, yeah. On my birthday. Nice. Um, The pro day, like that's the kind of thing that Kentucky does a lot. Duke does. That's, it's smart. It's getting exposure for your players. And again, I've been, I've been being, saying this pretty consistently. I think this team has, more talent than it's really ever had in since we've started covering them. I think there's probably maybe four pros on this team, uh, maybe if not more. Um, and when I say pros, I mean players that can play in the NBA. 
Uh, so I think it's a it's a good thing to have English set that up. Um, and it'll only attract more talent. It can't hurt. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So do you want to get into the the uh, player preview series, which we just wrapped up today? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we had our draft. Uh, a little bit of a snafu, BOC, with, with, with Will McNair leaving. So we gave you Justin Fernandez. Um, um who, by the way, I mean, I, I still can't tell if he's going to be ready for the season or out for the year. I have no idea. I'm I'm good with I'm good with them keeping that under wraps. We don't we don't need to know that. It, yeah. let, let, let's see what happens in practice, and then we'll see at the first game in the exhibition or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. So 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 we hit ten guys on the team. Um, you took five. I took five. Who was your what was the most fun one to write? Uh, Corey Floyd Jr. Yeah. Uh, um, I think I think he will be one coming from UConn to Providence, obviously endeared him to fans. Um, I think he is on a rocket ship to being a Big East relevant name. Um, and I think next year he'll next year he'll really have like a probably an all-conference type year. It might happen this year. I don't know. I, I'm really bullish on him. I think a couple of themes from these these articles that we wrote is I think Cooley kind of put the cuffs on Pierre and uh, Floyd Jr. a bit because whenever they played, they produced a fair amount. Um, think about Floyd Jr. in the UConn game and the uh, Big East tournament, how he was part of the big comeback. And I think he was also – like whenever he was on the court, he did really positive things. Um, Pierre's leadership is uncanny for somebody his age. He could have pouted on the bench um, when our guard play, our, our lead guard play was horrendous. He never did. He was always a leader coming off first off the bench, clapping, being enthusiastic. So I think Pierre and Floyd Jr. are going to uh, shine this year. Um, and the question will be, they should have been playing, or the, the statement will be, they should have been playing more last year. Yeah, so it's it's uh, funny you bring up Pierre because I was going to say um, the, the one I had most fun writing was Jaden Pierre. Uh, you know, it, I got to kind of look at I, – I, I took a look at Kim English comparing him a little bit to McKinley Wright, um, yeah. who was a guard for uh, Colorado while Kim was an assistant. Um, one more decorated Colorado – uh, basketball players in history. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I'm i always in for, for Pac-12 after dark, so I'm very familiar um, with the Pac-12. Unfortunately, that's it's going to – this is the last hurrah. Um, you know, they, could just, they could just stay as the Pac-2. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Pac-12 can kind of have a renaissance in hoops like they are in football right now. But besides that – um, you know, I was very familiar w- with Wright's game, but but going back and watching some of his tape, you know, you definitely see some of the similarities w- with Pierre and the limited action that that he had last year. Um, and listen, I, I, I first off, Pierre's a little bigger than Wright, uh, which is nice, but 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 I do think Wright kind of built a, a little sturdier. Um, yeah. although they did say, uh, Pierre's kind of 
putting on the pounds, putting on the muscle this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at like frames and game style and kind of, kind of having a good court sense in, in when to speed up, when to slow down, you know, yeah. um, you know, I, I found those things to be pretty comparable and, and listen, I'm not claiming that Pierre's going to come in and have a McKinley Wright type season. Um, you know, a guy that was three time all pack 12. Um, but it, it gets you excited, BLC, for sure. I also, I think writing these things, you realize how athletic this team is. Like even Pierre, who may not have, not many have immeasurables of Garway Duall, but Pierre's an athlete in his own right. Long arms, really good defender, really springy. Carter, you know, Hopkins, Duall, Floyd Jr. We have a lot, Fernandez, we have a lot of athletes on the team, which is great because I think English wants to run and gun. And when you have it, you can only run and gun when you have the athletes to do it. And I think we do. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then I, I mean, I, I think do all that, that was fun. You know, you're talking about it. Yeah. I mean, t- talk about like one of the more anticipated players uh, for PC in a while here. Um, you know, you, you just watch the tape, you hear what he did. At uh, Nike Hoop Summit, yeah. Uh, I guess he didn't play too much in the game. In the game, but in practice, was really dominant. Um, I think right off the bat, you're getting a guy that's going to be able to defend at a high level, which is huge. Um, and then on top of that, just just the length and athleticism, his ability to to get to the rim, find open shooters if he's not finishing it himself. Um, he's going to be a real weapon, BFC. And, like, you know, you kind of think back, like, those teams when we first brought in Dunn, right? Yeah. Like, what if Dunn was fully healthy in the beginning and adding a guy like that to the mix that PC had? Or what if if Dunn wasn't thrust upon having to be the star day one? Like, because that's – No, but if you remember when he first came in, though, like, they had a really good backcourt then. Yeah, fair. Um, they did have a good backcourt. I think the nice thing with Dual is there's a ton of expectations for him, but we don't need him to be a star right. to have success. Yeah. Um, but it is really interesting that Fanta tweeted this and he said he talked with, I think it was Carter, Odoro, Hopkins. I believe it was those three. And they all independently without Fanta probing brought up Garway Duall and how he's a special player. So, and we've seen tweets from a couple of different uh, college basketball names, analysts who have independently brought up Garway Duall as like a sleeper one and done. Um, so there's something in the water there. And I think we might have a special talent on our hands. I, I personally think he probably plays two years. If things go as I think they will, he'll probably play two years at Providence and take off after his second year. But if he's a one and done, we're going to be having a very special year because him alongside Hopkins, Carter, and Odoro, that, that's that's a very special team, potentially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, yeah, really quick, do you think Dual starts? I've been going back and forth. I feel like it might be one of those things where he doesn't start right off the bat, but then forces Kim English's hand. Uh I actually agree. I actually agree with that. I think 
I think his talent, they're going to ease him into playing time and his playing time is going to continue to increase, but it's going to come to a point where they say like, okay, Pierre and Duala are just going to play side by side. Yeah. Like um, I'm going back now, but this is one of my favorite college hoops teams before I was like a PC diehard. Uh, that Illinois team, remember them? Uh, Darren Williams was with like D Brown. Yes, yes. Uh, and, Luther Head. Yep, and Darren Williams was on that team too as a freshman, um, and he didn't start to start the year, and then he was like so good that they were like, "We gotta, we gotta start." <laughs> um, well, I, so, think, I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, how is this guy a lottery pick if he may not even start?" And the it's rare, but like I remember Marvin Williams at UNC didn't even start, and he was like ended up being a top ten pick. I mean, yeah, and if you think about it, like these days, I feel like I don't know. You don't have to have like a prominent, like dominant season in college hoops to be a high pick. I mean, like you know, they're they're looking for certain traits uh, in the NBA, and you know, he's long, athletic. Apparently, he's been as a solid jumper um, that he's improving. Uh, as time goes on so you know I, I don't necessarily think he has to have like an all-conference type season but I definitely think um you know he, he's probably one of the front runners to win Biggie's uh freshman of the year I would imagine Castle from UConn yeah is in that mix as well um uh, but but yeah definitely excited for for Garway to all for sure so after writing all these, are your expectations for Providence higher or lower? Um, I'm going back and forth, you know. Um, I just think the league is such a juggernaut. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I do have an article in drafts here that I was working on kind of throughout the offseason about the biggies and kind of tracking everything that went down. There was a lot. Uh, <laughs> there was a lot. Um, but, you know. Again, this league just figures to be such a juggernaut. I think there are legit seven teams um, that can make the tournament. And then on top of that, you just never know in this league. There always seems to be a team that kind of surprises. Um, But, you know, what? I see seven teams that that are really good. And, I I mean, again, I I see them making the tournament for sure. Um, But – I don't know. Maybe I'm not budging on my my five spot, the four spot. Yeah. I've I've been steadfast. I think there's I'm I'm waving the flag. They're a Sweet Sixteen team. Anything less than that is a disappointment to the year. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I think this team will will have a chip on his shoulder too. Um, yeah. Just the way things went down last year, you know, they, they lost. Uh, it's either five of their last six or six of the last seven games uh, of the season. Um, you had all the drama with Cooley. Um, you bring in English and then you retain a good chunk of those guys. And, and the narrative that, you know, little old PC can't win. You can't win a PC. And that's why Cooley left. Like that had to hurt their feelings and, you know, fuel their competitive fires a bit. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I think they will have a chip on their shoulder. And like, like you said, guys like Pierre Floyd. Um, guys that didn't get to see 
a ton of floor time during the season last year, you know, and they're already being talked about as big impact uh, contributors this year. Um, I, I definitely think that they'll, they'll have a, a chip on their shoulder here and, you know, definitely want to get that taste of, you know, losing to a very suspect Kentucky team last year uh, in the first round. I, I still can't get over how the game was like an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. Cooley really, Cooley really screwed us over it, the timing of everything. In the Hopkins article, I went back and I looked at the box score of that one. And, man, 53 points and freaking Crosswell had 18 of them. Like, yikes. Yeah, uh, yeah like, yeah, he was the only one in double figures. Um, that was just a brutal game. But, but yeah, I, I think they'll want to kind of atone for that and, and get a little further this year. Um, you know, for me, I just want a tournament appearance. Because, again, I think this league is going to be a juggernaut. It's going to be really tough. Um, the non-conference is, is manageable, but you got some big-time games on there, like the Wisconsin game. By the way, the Wisconsin game tipping off at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday is – Brutal. Just just leave work early. You'll be fine. I guess. But, like, come on. Give me 7 p.m. for that um, But, yeah, I mean, and you think about it, that, that's the second game of the year. So, massive test. Yeah. Uh, and we'll know, right, like, we'll know after that game what we're dealing with here. Um, you know, that Wisconsin team is, is kind of like – the the Minnesota the anti Minnesota Vikings of last year, uh, the Vikings last year won a bajillion games by like one possession. Uh, the the Wisconsin Badgers last year, if you followed them, they had like a million three point losses, <laughs> like crazy. Um, so and they returned a lot of guys. So I think they're another team that will have a chip on their shoulder, kind of. Um, I'm, I'm not too worried about them. Really? No. Ooh, I, I kind of like them, man. Hepburn. I like us. Essie, I, I like us, too. Of course I like us. But but Essien, uh, or Essigen, uh Hepburn, added AJ Store from St. John's. Yeah, he, yeah, that's actually a good ad. He, he does not fit there at all, but I love it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm just – I know you're saying Sweet 16, I would love that, and I think they can do that. Uh, but for me, I, I just want to get back – I just want to make it to the tournament, uh, you know, because – just, just to be clear, I'm not saying their ceiling is Sweet 16. Oh, I, I, understand, I, I understand that. I think, their, I think their ceiling is a Final Four type team. Hey, man, it's – yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Hopkins and Carter are, are studs. I, I think we all I know think they're that. Two, I think they're two of the top 20 players in college basketball. Yeah, Carter was – I think the Almanac did a list. Carter's, like, way down there, but – Well, yeah. The, I questioned the people who put that together. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 if you watch, if you watch Big East basketball, I mean, he was an all-conference honorable mention last year. I think he was one of the best defenders – in all of college basketball on the wing. Um, there, I don't know if there's many two-way players that are better than him. Uh, when I wrote the article on Carter, 
it, it, it refreshed my memory that like he actually had a really advanced offensive game last year, which I didn't yeah. expect at all. Um, and I actually thought he was more important to the team last year than Hopkins was. Yeah. More vital. I, I I think so. I think he I think he covered up a lot of warts defensively. Oh yeah, I mean I definitely agree with that. But I mean, you know, when I was writing about Hopkins, man. I, some of the games, the 29 and 23 in a double OT yeah. win over Marquette, 27 points against UConn, uh, in a win. I think I, I think Hopkins is huge. Yeah, oh, I agree. I'm not discounting him. I think the fact that you could even maybe make that argument is probably a testament to Carter. Yeah, yeah. Um and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how those guys do in Kim English's system, too. Um you know, Hopkins trimmed down about 15 pounds. Um, you know, should be quicker, a little more bounce. Um, shot 36% from three last year on 2.3 attempts. I think that will go up this year. Um, Carter, it, Carter, maybe was, dramatically. Carter was 29, a little under 30%. I think he was like 29.9, if, if I remember from my article from three. So he would, yeah, he has a lot to improve on. Yeah, yeah, from the perimeter. But, but I see both of them kind of taking leaps in that area. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Odoro is a really good player. Right? You know, one thing, Actually, one thing I brought up in the article is we need to be ready for just Odoro just giving up a ton of buckets on defense. Because the reason why I say that is I think it might be like a deliberate strategy by – English just like he has to concede it because of the de- lack of depth on the front court and just not because we don't if Odoro gets in foul trouble we're in a lot of trouble so he may say like play like not matador defense but you know don't you're only six nine as is like you're not going to be a rim protector don't don't get any stupid fouls that's what Castro's there for man yeah I, I heard that um that uh, McNair left part and parcel because of Castro. Yeah, then some, somebody somebody like told somebody told us that I forget who said that to us. Um, I want to see it. Let's, yeah, let's see it first. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree, um, but I mean, I do think they do have lineup versatility, kind of offset the lack of bigs. Um, uh. They do though. Like you could, you could play Hopkins three through five. You can't play Hopkins on the five man. If, Why not? I think they did. You you want to see him against Klingon and Kalkbrenner? No, but I'm I'm just saying, like in terms of versatility, you could you could throw him in wherever. You could do it at you could do it at a pinch, but we have versatility up until we face like a mammoth five, and then we're we're kind of yeah. in a lot of pain. Yeah, listen, uh, beef in the pinch. I, I, McNair, the McNair loss is definitely something. But we lost uh, the beef in the pinch, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Should we wrap it on that note? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess important note here: uh, Mal Brown scrimmage, October fourteenth at four p.m. Um. Is that at the dunk or at the at, at Mount Brown Gym? <laughs> you would think it'd be at Mount Brown, right? 
Yeah, I mean, but yeah. Oh no, it's at the end. No. Yeah, they're really changing that. But going back to late night madness, though, uh, before we get out of here, um, I, I would like them to do a scrimmage. I, I feel like more people would want to go. Although it seemed like they had a really good crowd. Seemed like uh, they had a great crowd at the yeah. Uh, late night yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel like they should just do like a, a scrimmage like they do at Kentucky, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, October 14th, 4 p.m. at the M will be in the Mount Brown scrimmage. Gonna try to get to that one, BOC. Uh, yeah, as you should. Do some scouting for us, you know? Perfect. Um, But yeah, we are right around. Now we are really right around the corner here. We're a month away. Um, do you want, do you want, to, tell, to, do you want to tell people about your acquisition for Bahamas? No, I thought I already announced. I'm coming. I'm going, no. Oh, what, what did you buy? Oh, it hasn't come in the mail yet. I'm still waiting. Um, but it has been shipped, and it, it, it's from the Fanatic site, so I don't have to worry, BOC. Um, but yeah, I got myself a nice Tommy Bahama uh, Friar shirt that I cannot wait to rock at the game. We'll get you front and center, uh, just so just so you can, uh, you know, be on ESPN or ESPN two or whatever it's going to be aired on. With your Tommy Bahamas. I, I know. I, I don't want to uh, give this away to folks that are going that, that could steal prime seats from me, but it is general admission there. So first come, first serve, man. And BOC and I are going to try and be. Uh, <laughs> Mike's going to be there at like 7 a.m. before the 1 p.m. tip. I'm going to have like a Larry David moment and abs- accidentally trip uh, Taylor. Or, oh, God. Who's the guard on, on K-State that transferred? Uh, Tyler Perry. I'm gonna trip Tyler, not the other Tyler Perry, but I might trip the the K State Tyler Perry by accident and cause the scene. Uh, trip McNair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he would fly in my walker though. I wouldn't want to uh be near that. But man, that that trip's gonna be gonna be awesome. Yes, it is. Ho- hopefully, Kim English can uh exercise the, the demons of the early season tournament that uh, Cooley, you know, got towards the end there, which is disappointing. Yes, it is. It seemed like every, ho- my, every holiday, every Thanksgiving holiday was ruined by Cooley. <laughs> the worst part was, was he was good at them in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know what the heck happened. Uh, all right. Anything else, BOC? No, man. That's it. That, that was fun. Alrighty. Till next time, Firetown. See you later. See you guys. Cool. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, eh? Crossover, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, eh? Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, eh? I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. And he see me bumping, so we gon' let him have it, yeah. They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic. This year we taking over March Madness. Man up in my city, I'm the fruit.